0: hello everyone welcome back to this latest episode of the retrospective library today's episode is an episode that i'm very excited to bring to y'all today we are reviewing the first the debut mixtape of rapper Matt G. We're going to be going over Eminem's Infinite, which was an album that I didn't review for y'all in the Eminem review just because it was more of really a kind of a mixtape, first project type of thing that didn't really fit with the studio albums. But I decided to listen to it for y'all, give y'all my thoughts, so I went ahead and did that. And we're also reviewing the Drake mixtape from 2016. If you're reading this, It's Too Late, which came out just ahead of views. And 2 chains album, or mixtape, excuse me, True Religion, which came out a year before his debut album based on a true story. Now, getting started with this new Matt G mixtape, this was a mixtape that I didn't really know what to expect coming in. I had not heard any of Matt G's catalog except for one single. And I liked it. It had a lot of good energy. It had some good lyrical moments, but overall it wasn't anything that blew me away And the beginning of this mixtape doesn't necessarily blow me away with like I'm Jesus Which has problems with the chipmunk vocals in the beginning. I again like the energy of the track a lot, but the and the hook is extremely catchy But I the mixing and the vocal or the mixing of the vocals on the beats was just kind of weak at points um The hook in particular had problems of being mixed with the beat track, and it does drive home a lot of really, I think, shallow sentiments, which is okay. There are tracks like that um, all over the place, all over any of these four albums. But the next track, Trip, is frankly incredible. I think Matt G could do with some tuning-in-the-beginning singing But that, with maybe the atmospheric vibe, is is probably on purpose, actually. I do like the hook on this one quite a lot. I think it's one of the better hooks on this mixtape. And there are some really good lines in here about not really know the purpose behind why you're taking drugs. And your family not knowing, your, your friends just kind of being aware of it. Um, It's actually got some really deep sentiments in it and for a first-time mixtape I feel like tracks like this are pretty rare to see uh, that hit you on that kind of an emotional level Not necessarily a track that I can relate to but a track that does talk about some pretty deep topics and how to deal with those types of topics the production is also significantly improved on this one i feel like it's mixed better with the vocals it still could be better but it sounds more like just a standard mixtape and whereas the other ones did sound noticeably or i should say just the opener sounds noticeably less impressive Cash Out is not on the same level lyrically as Trip, but there are some good relationship bars to consider on this one. The Strangely Mixed vocals are a little interesting, but I guess they work in this context a lot better than they work on Like I'm Jesus. Save It For Later is a track where the flow is extremely tight. There's a lot of good bars about uh, giving up your heart to someone and them not really doing anything with it and the type of pain that that causes you. And I do think again that this introspective tone that Matt G likes to take with some of his tracks Could work to have his his advantage if he ever wanted to go with a studio album that had kind of a theme or a message so um, Really good job of capturing emotions of someone getting into your head on this one again something he could play with in the future, but I'm not the one making the albums. The song Haters Freestyle is a track that has a really, really good deep woodwind intro, and I was just amazed at how the freestyle was completely impressive. Even if the lyrics were, again, back to that just more shallow kind of style that's that's okay because this haters freestyle is just it goes insane it goes crazy the production again could have been a little better but um based on the bars that we get i'm not too worried about the production anymore because i think that'll improve as more projects are released the track okay is a song where i think the mixing is super clean the production is the best it's been on the whole mixtape the um this production on Hader's freestyle would make that track go extremely crazy you get a lot of good views on there uh so there's some really creative bars on this one as well i think there's almost a. Uh, I mean this is not an apt comparison because one of these records is clearly above the other but there are almost some parallels to kind of the slim shady creativity aspect that i can see on these bars so this is a track that i would love to go back to listen again Uh, that and I think trip are probably my two favorites it does um get off to a little bit of a weird ending and somewhat a disappointing ending with changes where some of the bars on the song are extremely shallow but again the good production makes up for it so overall for a first mixtape i feel like matt g has produced a very good very listenable piece of work this is a very tight track it's only 18 minutes long which i feel like does work against it because if there were if there were more substance bars like on Trip or cash out if there was more of that. I feel like that would make this not only more listenable But more likable I feel like it does lose some of its likability when you get into some of the more shallow parts of haters freestyle or Like i'm jesus which I actually feel to probably be the worst track on the record But this has a lot going for it Like I said and I am excited for whenever a debut mixtape drops for right now All of matt g's content is on soundcloud, but who knows it could be? released onto other platforms in the future, which I would definitely enjoy. So next up, the track Infinite, Eminem's first studio album. This is credited as a studio album. Uh, This was basically the album that got everything started, that got Slim Shady LP so popular. Eminem was literally selling copies of Infinite out of the truck of his car at one point. So you can imagine the place where Eminem is. This uh, comes at a time where he's about to have his first daughter, and he's still married to Kim Mathers, which is why you don't hear references to her name, along with screaming sounds and death and all that, strewn all over this record like you do on Marshall Mathers' LP, or certainly some of the later LPs like Encore or Relapse, where it's done very sloppily. But this still does have some pretty good relationship tracks in it, uh, for instance, the back jealous track Jealousy Woes 2, which is actually the outro, but I feel like would have worked better in the beginning of the album, talks about Eminem coming home every night to an ungrateful family after all of the effort that he's tried to put in to make his dream come true and make his music popular. And at some point, that's a very relevant message because you have to balance being a a musician or being any type of artist really that has to kind of work to put out your content and build up your brand, you have to rationalize that with the fact that, um, you're not going to be living a very wealthy life for the first part of that. It's certainly not going to be a very glamorous life. And so I feel like balancing that life, with being a family man and having to support people, dragging people into your dreams and what you want. It, there is an aspect of that that is very questionable that you could say, wow, I don't think Eminem is giving himself enough of enough criticism for the fact that he's putting his family through this. This newborn daughter that's about to be born into the world, Ante Kim." that i feel like is something that gets a little lost on this track that if it was incorporated i would have really enjoyed uh, there are some hints on what would be on the slim shady lp with songs like backstabber which has some of the most creative lyrics on the record i also found 313 to kind of be that have that same creativity some of the weaker tracks on this album are tonight which is sort of just a i see as a b level version of 313 maxine which is about a uh, girl just an Eminem love interest and while it is refreshing to hear about a love interest that isn't Kim and for her not to die at the end it's a little shallow and it's a little hard to listen to I don't think Eminem pulls that particular brand off very well I think whenever he's trying to be touching whenever it's about his mom or his siblings it's working extremely well or about his daughter anytime he tries to get cathartic about ex- experiences with his wife it's really cringe inducing because even with his mom where there were bars like cleaning out or songs like cleaning out my closet where eminem clearly held a lot of anger towards his mom or the song marshall Mathers, where he talks about oh my mom sued me for 10 million dollars she must want every dollar for every pill i've been stealing under her mattress i mean there was a lot of resentment there and there was certainly a lot of anger there but not only could you say it was founded on good reasoning, but Eminem certainly wasn't throwing out lines about wanting to kill his ex wife on uh, those types of tracks. So it does feel like it's coming out of a more awkward place when he's talking about Kim. But we're going off on a little side tangent. That's not what this record is about. Overall, Infinite carries a much less purposeful punch than the other albums do. Every other album seems like it has some focus or some structure. You know, Relapse was all about talking about his drug addiction. Recovery was about getting his crap together. Marshall Mathers' LP2 was trying to follow the greatness of the first one and rebuild the Eminem brand. I mean, everything has a, everything had a purpose for Eminem. And I guess you could say that the purpose of this album was to build up his brand and to make him popular, which is a perfectly fair thing to say. But that doesn't mean that this album is interesting. It's probably one of my least favorites just because of what it had to be. But again, that's not a bad thing. It's certainly better than uh, the bad parts of Encore or the bad parts of Relapse or the really bad parts of Revival. So it's Eminem with a strong lyrical game, but with some really cringeworthy bars here and there, and some really, really crappy production, which is fine. That's what you'd come to expect on a first record. Now, moving on. If you're reading this, it's too late. This is a mixtape by Drake. It's about an hour and 10 minutes long, so it does feel its length. Every Drake project does feel its length, no matter whether you like it or not. And if any of y'all did listen to that Drake retrospective, I talked a lot about how Drake has a very repetitive style, and he doesn't really come up with anything new, and anytime he's talking about some emotional relationship song, it's being framed in a way where Drake seems manipulative, he seems unlikable, and I don't enjoy listening to his music. Now, that said, he does a very good job here of making this a lot more likable. I think that Drake's rapping is on point to the to the extent where it was on the best parts of Scorpion, which we kind of talked about with Nonstop and the intro track, which I'm forgetting the name of right now, but this is Drake at his peak. Right off the bat with Legend, Drake discusses his increasing fame in the rap game, which is pretty and catchy. Pretty catchy, and I would say unique from his other intros, even though they have been about the same thing. I find this one uniquely likable, just because I feel like Drake was starting to build a little self awareness at this point, and that helped this kind of an a uh, fame based intro sound a little less shallow. Uh, for energy, and I do like the barbershop quartet vocals that come in at the end of that track. I feel like it adds a lot to it. On the song "Energy," the piano notes certainly bring a mysterious energy, and this is sort of. Uh, I have so many enemies. Track by Drake, which is on all of his albums. I think there's a really poor one on uh, "Certified Lover Boy," but I keep thinking with these tracks, how many enemies does Drake actually have? By this time, he's a multi-billionaire, and I know about there's that whole beef with Pusha and and Kanye and Meek Mill, but. What about what about Travis? What about Young Thug? What about Future? What about all these artists that Kanye always brings onto his projects? Like you buried the hatchet with Kid Cudi on Certified Lover Boy. I don't think you have all that many enemies. So that Is something that's always bothered me, but for this one it didn't bother me quite as much Probably because Drake is bringing an intensity that I don't really feel with most of the other albums. Certainly. I do feel it with um, some parts of nothing was the same some parts of scorpion even very select parts like on fair trade with on certified lover boy but really with this album, Drake is either bringing enough intensity to the tracks where you can totally forget about the lyrics, which is pretty much what you need to do with any Drake album, or he's actually singing or rapping about very meaningful stuff. And there's one, I'm trying to find it right now, where I feel like he does this particularly well, Preach. Where Party Next Door's feature starts out with kind of an absolutely disastrous autotune mess, but improves, and the song does run a little long with the instrumental. I think it might have actually, no, it was Wednesday Night Interlude. Both of these tracks together actually feature a much more introspective Drake, and even though it's that atmospheric kind of chill beat track that we've come to expect, it's it's pulled off so much better on, this, on these two tracks. And the whole thing is just more likable. It's more listenable for certain. I'm not dying to hear someone's voice that isn't Drake, which is a problem, especially on the back end of Scorpion and all of Certified Boy. So that's good that we've kind of moved away from that. Now and Forever is a track that I also really enjoy. The Chance in the Background combined with the Hammer Against the Metal is a combination that I don't think would have really worked but it does here, miraculously. That's kind of all I have. Oh, also, Jungle is probably the best Drake song ever recorded. I'm not going to say anything more about it. Y'all just need to go listen to it. It's it's everything Drake wants to do right, done right in one specific moment. He's never done, I think the closest he got to doing this was his Paris song in 2013's Nothing Was The Same other than that he has not pulled something like this off ever so the last um track that or the last record that we're going to be reviewing is true religion by two chains and i will admit this one bored me probably more than any other two chains album and ever has or probably ever will unless i decide to listen to more two chains mixtapes clearly 2 Chains kind of reached a peak with his more silly bars on uh, Boats and Boats 2 because some of these silly bars that worked so well on True or Boats and Boats 2 just aren't really working for me here Maybe that's because he's trying to use some of the weaker parts of what he would use on pretty girls like trap music to support the, the some of the worst bars here But there are some very good moments on this album. I'm not going to say that there aren't. Wreck with uh, Big Sean, which is a new inclusion to the Anniversary Edition, is a really good track where Big Sean definitely carries the load. I would say that Big Sean also carries the load on the song KO, which starts out as more of a love song with a slower melodic beat, which isn't something that you get usually from 2 Chains. But I feel like Big Sean helps um, lyrically and with his flow on this this, uh, track a lot. I feel like my only problem with Big Sean and Two Chains, though, together is that I just am so much more interested in what Big Sean is saying than Two Chains. Not necessarily because I like Big Sean better. I think that, honestly, they're at about the same level for me as far as my favorites. But Two Chains, just especially in these first few mixtapes and albums, didn't really have anything to say, and Big Sean definitely did which I feel like is a problem when your passive entertainment beats aren't working as well with your silly lyrics. So it was a refreshing change to have. Some of the other features that I liked on this, I wish I had written some more of them down, but Wiz Khalifa on Sofa. Uh, Wiz far outperformed 2 Chains on this track. It's basically a far more energetic stoner anthem. There's sort of a rule for any Wiz Khalifa track, and that if it's talking about weed, it's going to be really good. So, of course, Sofa's talking about weed. How's Wiz Khalifa? Yeah, I would say absolutely check this one out. Other tracks that I really liked on this one were Viagra and Spend It, which are back-to-back um, really good tracks i really like the woodwind instrumentals on the intro to viagra Two change some of has that some of that weird underwater mixing that he had on some weaker moments of boats and colligrove but uh, it's a mixtape i'm a little less worried about how it sounds in some respects, in others it makes a very big difference, possibly the biggest difference. But even if some of these lyrical sounds are a little undeveloped, if the beat and the silly nature of what he's saying supports the rest of it, I'm okay with the kind of the production sounding a little raw or a little unfinished. Hmm. Other than that, these are kind of just generic rap beats which you could say that uh, Boats, Boats 2, Collingrove are all the same thing, but at that point, I think you have to argue that the better production on the beats helps kind of emphasize the silliness and the out-there nature of 2 Chains lyrics and all that stuff that make him a more charming artist. And I think a lot of that charm is lost here. So... If you're looking to have this on completely in the background, to not deep dive on any of the lyrics, to not laugh at something stupid that 2 Chainz said, sure, have this album playing in the background. I think unless you're listening to a track like One Day at a Time or Letter to the Rap Game, both of which are tracks that do have some element of self-seriousness, you're not really going to get anything out of this album technically or lyrically. So, that's all we have for today for these four albums. I did want to add one thing at the end of this podcast, though, and that's that I've been listening to some of the older uh, albums that we've reviewed. For the most part, I'd say for all except for one, I really have had no change of mind, but I do have to acknowledge one album that I feel like I got completely wrong on the first time, and that's Oxnard by Anderson pock which... At the time, I think I said that Anderson Pock was being outperformed by a lot of his features, and the beats just weren't very entertaining, and it was a lot more of kind of a stagnant style than was on um, Malibu, but after listening to this again... I can see that I was very wrong about that. Tracks like Mansa Musa and Brothers Keeper and Who Are You especially have a lot going for them in terms of energetic beats. Anderson Paak is clearly on a whole different level from all of his features, and his features are really just supporting his music as they should be. So if you're really, really what I'm saying is that you're not going to find a more charming, more listenable pair of instrumentals and vocals that just work in harmony so well with each other than anderson pock and all of these woodwinds and and drums that are going together they're just going together really perfectly in a way on oxnard where they certainly didn't go together on ventura they didn't always work on malibu and it wasn't the style of venice anyway that's all we have for today it might be a little while before the next review comes out we're going with a different style on the next one we're going to be reviewing john legend who is the first non rapper basically that we are reviewing on this channel unless you want to count that silk sonic little bit that we did which i guess that isn't rap but thank you all so much for listening remember to please follow this podcast share it with all your friends leave a like comment all the stuff um, I really appreciate any listener support, any feedback that y'all have. You can hit me up on social media, Josh Shippen. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Snapchat. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.